0: This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Coligard. Learn more at exactsciences.com.
1: One difference is when you open now, before it was like 10 years ago, is how are you going to get recognized? How are you going to get people in the door? And it was slow start, right? Now, everybody knows months before you open. Like, you have, if you're not busy when you open, then there's a problem.
2: I'm Lindsay Christians. And I'm Chris Lay. And you're listening to The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by The Capital Times.
0: It's hard enough to cook farm-to-table if you're really serious about it. You might be drowning in strawberries one minute and stuck with just rutabaga for an entire month the next.
2: Itaru Nagano, former chef de cuisine at Toile, and Andrew Kreger, a former Toile sous chef who's worked at Michelin-starred restaurants, are not nervous about this. Their new spot, Fairchild, is set to open at the beginning of March on Monroe Street.
0: Fairchild is taking over the building that used to be Jack's, which closed during the Monroe Street construction period in 2018.
2: We were really curious about how this new restaurant was coming together. Today we've got the inside
0: scoop. Give a listen.
2: Welcome, Itaro and Andy. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having us. So where are you guys in terms of the opening of Fairchild? Like, what's the timeline right now?
3: Um, Yeah, so we're on time, um, projected uh, March 2nd opening uh, to the public, and we'll do soft openings the week before. Um, That's what we projected right away, and we're on time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it sounds like it came together pretty quick, like the whole – I mean, just from finding the spot, getting all the paperwork and everything done and yeah, out. Yeah, we didn't – I
3: didn't
1: really have a plan after I was leaving uh, let's Ball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both pretty much quit our jobs. I quit mine in August. He quit his shortly after. Had a plan of quitting, a plan. quitting my job and not starting another job until opening oh. my own restaurant. So that was the goal, and he kind of had the same goal. Um, we weren't necessarily going to do it together right away. We always wanted to, um, you know, going back six, seven years ago, you know, if it came together, I always said if I opened a restaurant, coming back to Madison, I would do it with him. <clears throat> like, that would be the, probably the only way I would do it. And then... Yeah,
3: and then um, it was like a week before I was going to quit. Um, my mom came over to drop off some food or something, and um, she drove by the former Jack's place and... Uh, coincidentally, that was the first day they put up their real um, – for lease sign. It, it snowballed really fast. So
0: a month later, we had the con- – um, we signed the lease. <laughs> yeah. And um, how much has – have you changed the interior? Is it still going to kind of feel – because I've, I've definitely been to Jax a
1: handful of times. And is it going to have the same vibe or – um No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we didn't do too much to kind of keep some of the character to the building. Mm-hmm. It's a very old building. Uh, more just like furniture and painting type okay. stuff. Um, and then just hundreds of hours of cleaning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, Andy Andy actually
3: for... built the tables himself. Oh, and, um, all right. And um, we have like a local ceramic guy that's making all our plates. And um, Daphne Parker actually is doing all, all our plants. And um, her... Her dad, Casey, is an uh, ironsmith, and he's going to build uh, uh, hooks for us. So nice. everything's kind of, like, you know, local, everybody we know. Um, we didn't hire anybody to do anything. We're doing all our physical work ourselves. Oh, uh, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did you guys end up meeting? How did the this whole thing start?
3: Yeah, so Andy was the, the, one of the sous chefs at uh, L'etoile, and – I only applied at twelve, and and then if I didn't get hired, then I was going to go back to New York. I had other jobs lined up,
0: and I was reading that. I mean, when you went to New York, you went out of your way to, um, like, you know, work at some of the the most intense restaurants.
3: Yeah, so I mean, I I around a lot, and Kraft
0: was. The one with where there's
3: you know a lot of screaming, and throwing <laughs> plates, and <laughs> you know the, just the scary stuff that I was like if, if I'm if I'm gonna succeed here I'm gonna I'll be okay yeah um so it was a real trial by fire yeah and, literally and for for a little bit I, I didn't think I was gonna last but <laughs> um you know I you know I put my head down and by the time I left I was um, executive sous chef and you
0: know. Is that how like kitchens in in Madison kind of work? Or no, the culture has definitely changed yeah. since like you know that,
3: that that was you know over twelve years ago probably. Yeah. So um, you know we're we're more thoughtful about not really feelings, but I, I don't know. It's it's, it's a soft, <laughs> it's, softer. <laughs> it's softer, it's yeah. soft, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think I think if you relay the message, you know what your goals are and, you know, um, you explain why ne- things need to happen yeah. in a certain way and then you follow back with them. At, um, you get like a positive response and, you know, you're not just yelling for the sake of yelling. You're just like, OK, this is about the food and food only. Yeah. And, you know, you, you messed up A, B and C.
0: This is why yeah. this needs to be fixed. It's a more, more supportive environment. Yeah. But it yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, it's still like you were saying. It's uh, the product still has to be of a high quality. Right, It's and still high pressure. Exactly. And, yeah.
1: No. But. I think people respond differently. You know, people are motivated differently. And I think there's more recognition of individual cooks now of like, I know how this person gets motivated. I know how they work. And it's kind of taking each cook individually and knowing how, you know, taking time, investing and see how they learn, see what pushes them to be better. Because everyone's different, right? Everyone's motivated by different things. So what's their end goal? Are they just here to, to work? You know, they want a steady job and that's it. Okay, I'm not going to push you. But if there's a cook that comes and says, you know, I want to be the best. I want to go on and work at better places. I'm going to push him harder to be better because that's what's going to happen, you know, along. So it's kind of yeah, you know, and dealing then, with and then just, in different situations. Mm-hmm. You know, and what, what do they want out of it is what we always ask. Like, right. what are you looking to get out of this job? And we'll give that, you know, we'll give that to you. It's a good place to start with cooks now Mm -hmm. versus just, you know, beating every single cook up that comes through the door. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't work for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was wondering, um, two of the issues that I hear a lot with restaurants uh, that are opening up or have opened up in the past like five to ten years uh, are challenges with noise levels and restaurants getting really loud and also, of course, staffing. Right, finding right, enough folks yeah. to, to – especially the back of the house. Um, and I wonder if there are elements that you're building into your business plan and your design that address those two things.
3: Uh, sound, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were actually really nervous about that one because um, they did have sound bears, which we took down because they were ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: we'll, we'll address that when the time comes. Um We'll just kind of add, add, you know, see how it is when it's (laughs) full. And the other issue, like addressing, you know, staffing, well, it's a 50-seat restaurant. So we kind of went the opposite way as far as staffing goes, seeing everyone, what do they, people build 150-seat restaurants now. And there's a huge, you know, burden of filling that restaurant every night to to just make it work. So um, with less staff, less experienced staff. So we kind of went the opposite way. We went with a very small restaurant with two chefs, two very experienced people running a very small restaurant, which either one of us could run on our own mm-hmm. e- easily, right? So we wanted to focus on quality and hospitality in a small environment and just kind of succeed from there. And if it, if it goes well, good, you know, but we're starting small, yeah. something that we can manage and, and execute at a high level every day because if I'm not there doing something, he's there. If he's not there, I'm there so there's never going to be that time where you go in and the chef's not there.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: And plus if we have to, I mean, we'd, we'd work, you know, 100 hours a week if we have to, so like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, not, it's not, really, um, that's yeah. not really a restaurant. That's <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. 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 It's not really an option.
1: But, I know uh,
2: that's like typical in the industry but I also feel like it's a really clear recipe for burnout. So
3: Yeah, so um I've been thinking a lot about this. Yeah. We've been working, you know, probably 12 to 15 hours a day every day to open. Um, that, I feel like that's why we're on time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, people always tell me that's opened restaurants in the past. Um, enjoy the ride. You know, you're, you're going to miss this in a couple months. And I'm, you know, I'm really trying to bring it all in. And, like, you know, just having that feeling. And it, it's it's a good possibility that we'll never, ever get to do this again, Yeah, um, especially being on our hands and knees and replacing tiles and putting up walls and, you know, doing all that stuff. Um, so we're really trying, at least for myself, I'm really trying to enjoy the process of, you know, going from nothing to building a restaurant. So I think, I think that's how I try to keep positive and, yeah. you know.
2: I was wondering why uh, Dudgeon Monroe, like why Nakoma? I understand that there are some oh. pretty well-off families in that area, right? But not every restaurant succeeds in that neighborhood either. Right. So I, I wonder why you picked it and how Fairchild is going to sort of fit into that area.
3: Um, I I think we always love that area. Um, and... Um, I went to West High School and so like that that's my like neighborhood. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know everything on Monroe Street, you know, it's a lot of you know I think we're gonna set ourselves apart because you know, it's not Laurel, it's not gays and Brovey, and it's not um not that they're they're all great restaurants. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um but we would just want to be a little bit more different. And I think I think the um on the West side of things, there are not any um restaurants are in a high count. Cal- I I don't know. How, yeah. I I don't know how to
0: say it without you know making it disparaging. Yeah, no uh, I, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um but you've got like that that kind of density like right like towards the bottom of Monroe Street and then like once you're off those couple of blocks it just kind of stretches and so right, it's, yeah. it's not like a desert but you guys are definitely filling a pretty unique like hole in that neighborhood area. Yeah.
1: And just the building, the building itself, the size, like the layout, everything, it kind of fit what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good, I, th- I think it's a great location for a restaurant in general. If I picked a spot in Madison, I would, you know, I just like that area. I think it's a good central location without being downtown, which I think for a lot of people is attractive. There's mm-hmm. some parking. um, and it kind of eliminates people farther west from having to travel all the way downtown or east side I'm to hearing get that to a kind lot. of something yeah. what we're going to be offering. Um, yeah,
2: um, it is really walkable around there, which yeah. is really yeah. nice. Yeah, um, and and yeah, but it does seem to be you know fairly dominated by families. Yep. So I was curious about like if you can maybe talk a little bit about the aesthetic and and the menu and sort of what you're going for there.
3: Um. Uh, approachable um very approachable um and has been making pastas for the last five years and he loves i know you know with him working with him in the past he's really loved it and it's you know it's not it's not burgers and fries <laughs> you know yeah. it's, it's, there's a healthier option um not nope. that we're gonna make it healthy just you know um <laughs> we're gonna probably use a lot of butter and cream but
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um lots of vegetarian options um one of the reasons, like I like cooking in Madison, is because of the produce, um, which I'm surprised there's not more chefs coming to mm-hmm. this area because of the the farming aspect of things. That's our, you know, that's our tools. That's what we use. So for me, there's so many great farmers here, so many great products that um, for vegetarian cooking, it's it's a great place to be. And having like a pasta section on the menu provides a lot of easy ways to eat, you know, really good vegetarian food that's also filling. That everyone can enjoy Mm -hmm. some people are like have to have meat you know and things like that but i think we're going to offer some really good flavorful options that you know aren't meat focused
0: this podcast is brought to you by exact sciences join the madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs where are you at with like the menu? Is the opening like lineup kind of finalized yet? Or
3: yeah, um, we wrote a menu a couple months ago, and then we looked at it maybe a month ago, and we're like, oh, let's scrap <laughs> it. and then we wrote another menu. But I mean, the f- uh, format was pretty similar. Um, so we're not doing any tastings. It's you know pastas, entrees, apps, snacks. And some and sides. sides,
1: yeah. So it'll kind of be like five sections on the menu with about four options um, on each section. Mm-hmm.
3: And we want to focus on the specials because, um, you know, the local lo- local produce like strawberries only around for like three weeks here. Um, but we want to be able to focus on strawberries when it's in season. So, um, you know, we, we'll push ourselves with strawberries and techniques. When that time comes, yeah. <laughs> um, and then cardoons and artichokes and ramps, you know, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're all like you know it's, it's, we're doing quarterly menus, and you know we can't have you know strawberries mm-hmm. on, on a quarterly menu because it doesn't run three months, you know. Yeah. So, um,
2: new American, <laughs> <laughs> she says with quotes, yeah. like hair quotes right? I mean I would say yeah,
1: it's ingredient driven first. Like we're not gonna, if we don't have the ingredients that are not coming in, then we can't make something, and then we'll just take the ingredients and make what we feel is, you know, the best dish we can make with it.
3: When we make specials, it might just be, you know, we're going to get a case of artichokes. And, you know, when that's done, then we'll do another special, you know, so it could last one day or maybe last three. <laughs> but like once that special is gone, then we're going to move on to something else.
2: It requires a lot of flexibility from from you guys and also from the people working for you. Um, and it just... I mean, you like pushing that creativity. I can't help but think of like early days Latouille, right? And like that's where Odessa started. You know, right. coming up from the farmers market, we're just saying like I'm going to use what you give me. Right. Um, that is a, as you well know, a much more challenging task in March.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. We're talking
2: yeah. late winter here, yeah. and this we're is when them. you're Not the
1: worst. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as far as I'm, <laughs> yeah, we can build a pantry of things. We don't have anything, so we're kind of. Opening is kind of tough for us, and it will, I mean, we still have meat, so it'll probably be a little more meat-heavy versus produce-wise, and we're still a restaurant, we still have to make food, so if we, you know... Yeah, exactly. to come down to that also, that, you know...
3: Yeah, next year it'll be easier, because we'll have a lot of, you know, fermented and pickled stuff. Provide, it, preserves, yeah, preserved, all of that stuff. Um, so, you know, in the summertime we'll buy a lot of produce, and, you know, make sure we preserve it somehow,
0: and then use it next winter yeah this time next year it'll be dipping into cans and things to work with jarred stuff yeah
2: what kind of of culinary influences are we going to see on this menu i you know you mentioned pasta i know that you like to work with a lot of asian flavors which is a very broad Um, category
3: yeah (laughs) um i you know i I don't know (laughs) (laughs) um for me i just look at the produce and you know just eat it and see what I want to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's, you know, that's really and important. In way, yeah, yeah, in a way
1: that it all makes, like the whole menu will make sense, not, you know. Right, yeah. It won't go from like a fried chicken sandwich to a sushi roll or something. Right, you know? yeah. But yeah. be thoughtful of how we're incorporating things into the menu yeah. as far as different flavors or different styles of, of cooking.
0: Tell me about the name. I know there's been... um, so
1: yeah we
3: <laughs> we were having the biggest issues coming up with a name. That was the only thing where we were like we can't think of anything and we can we can't all agree on one, one thing and um you know we had to turn in the alcohol licensing um and Andy was looking around the office and he was like how about you know <laughs> I was, was just a,
1: looking at the wall of all the mayors, mayors yeah you know, they have all these Madison, pictures on the yeah. wall and going back and the first one was Fairchild. And I was like, Fairchild, I like that name. That sounds good. And I just asked him, I was like, Hey, what do you think about that name? And they're like, No, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> and, then, and then we did some you know, we did some research,
3: make sure make sure he was like an okay person. Yeah, and I wanna say it's not named after him. This right a yeah. memorial
1: to anybody. We yeah. just like the name. Yeah. I don't I couldn't tell you two things about Fairchild other than he was the first you know, I saw it on the wall. We like the name. Yeah, Yeah. it fit everything kind of, and yeah,
3: it's our first restaurant, and he was the first mayor of Madison, so we like the name. name. (laughs) My
2: husband pointed out this morning that Madison has a long history of having a thing named for a street that's not on that street. So, like Willie Street Bikes is not on Willie Street. Oh, (laughs) Broom Street Theater is not on Broom Street.
3: Yeah, and Fairchild is not on Fairchild. Yeah. So yeah, it fits that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and I really (laughs) like that. (laughs) I was wondering how. You've been in the industry for a long time, both of you. Mm -hmm. And how is it different to open a restaurant in 2020 than it would have been 10 years ago? Do you think?
1: I don't don't know. That's a hard question. (laughs) I I think a difference now, one difference is when you open now, before it was like 10 years ago, is how are you going to get recognized? How are you going to get people in the door? That was an issue. Like, where how are we going to advertise? How are we going to get people? In? And then it was slow start, right? It's like, okay, we just got to keep opening going. Now everybody knows months before you're open. Like you have, if you're not busy when you open, then there's a problem. Yeah. So now it's kind of flip is you are going to be really busy every single day because everyone's social media and everything, everyone knows you're opening. Everything knows, you know, the whole story behind it, everything. So it's kind of switched. Now I see like opening it's, The first year, you're pretty much, you should be busy, and it's just staying relevant years two and three um, is a hard part because of so many new restaurants opening, closing, that it's hard just retaining guests and getting them to come back. Um, Those years two and three is really building like a good clientele base, you know, creating regulars and just taking care of people and providing, I think service plays a huge part in, I mean, more so than the food even is the hospitality and service side. Um, to retain people and, you know, take care of them. And that's what brings people back, you know. As much as, you know, chefs in the kitchen recognizing the fact that service is what people will go... Even if the food's not great, I'll go... I go places for service, you know, most of the time. And the places I go for food are, like, a taco stand, you know, where I'm just ordering at a window or something. But service is where I feel like there's a lot of value in. Yeah, yeah. And then hopefully year four, you come... You kind of... You should be... You know, come out of that and be good. But
2: Yelp would back you up on that theory.
1: <laughs> if
2: you read Yelp reviews, people are almost never talking about the food they're always talking about how they were treated Mm -hmm. right yeah right
3: i can't read Yelp reviews (laughs) i don't i
2: don't recommend it i don't don't know that it's mentally healthy um but it it is actually it's a really interesting part of the research that i do when i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. like the culinary scene in madison and what are people talking about right and it is always so interesting to me literally how little people will say about the food and how much they want to say about like how quickly their water glass was refilled. Right, yeah. Right? So I've I've been thinking a lot about the changes that have happened in like regional restaurants, Mm -hmm. like not New York or LA or even San Francisco, Um, but the extraordinary amounts of change we've seen in these smaller markets uh, in the last 10 years. And so I was just sort of curious what you had thought about that.
3: Yeah, I mean... Even from 10 years ago to now, everybody's using, you know, more local local produce. Um, but a lot of it is just – I don't know. I feel like a lot of it is kind of a facade. Um, they say they do, but, you know, is it, is it really? No. <laughs> um, not to – you know, that's that's their own thing. So, like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know.
2: So I actually had a question for Itaru mm-hmm. specifically. Would you ever do food television again?
3: Um, I didn't want to do the first one in the first place, so, like, I I'm very... <laughs> and this is Iron
2: um, Chef Showdown.
0: Yeah. yeah. When Tori brought you on to be right. his Sue. yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even really asked. <laughs> <laughs> you just told? Uh, yeah. It was, it was like, okay, so we're going to do this thing. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't want to be in front of the camera. Like, I didn't, you know, I... You know, I, I like staying in the kitchen yeah. and, you know, not really being out in the front. Um... So, yeah, it wasn't my thing. Um I had fun doing it. Um it was stressful, but um I don't regret doing it, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'll go out of my way to be on television. Yeah.
2: What about you, Andy?
1: I kind of feel the same way.
2: <laughs> no food TV. I don't
1: much other behind I the scenes. I don't I'm not planning on it, so yeah.
2: No chopped. Guys grocery games. No,
1: probably not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's it's just really weird. Um, you know, to cook cook something in sixty minutes is yeah, I do that at home all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, I on like a daily basis I do it. But I'm more into things that you plan and you know, take your time doing, you know, overnight braises and you know what it, yeah. you know, it just it just seems more fitting than just trying to cram this you know five-course meal in one hour. Just yeah. It's a different, different, different thing. Different it's not, it's not
0: entirely a testament to the skill of who's doing it. It's just right, yeah. how, how well they operate under that very right. kind of arbitrary pressure. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: With cameras in your face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: I mean, they're, the cameras are, like, right up in your face, <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah. So, um, my goodness. I would forget my own name.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I, when, I, when I first got there, like, I could see um, – I was really nervous, and uh, I could see the tip of my sh- uh, knife shaking, <laughs> just going back and forth because I was so nervous. And uh, you know, and I just kept on telling them, I was "Like it's only cooking, it's only yeah. cooking." And then, and then I caught myself down. So, but <laughs> that's,
2: that's a really good mantra. Yeah, <laughs> it's only cooking. All right. It's only cooking. So March second is the yeah. opening date.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, is that a hard opening, soft opening, opening hard. the doors to everybody? Okay.
0: Hard
3: opening. Yeah. Are you guys taking reservations yet, or? Uh, We will be doing reservations, um, but not Not yet. Yeah. Okay.
2: So at the end here, we have a lightning round. And this is just like off the top of your heads. Uh, And we're going to go pretty quick. Okay. Okay. It's a, new
0: okay. so, it's a new feature. We're, we're still that. working the kinks sound yeah. okay. Are we both answering or is it? Um, we'll go back so, and forth. Or, um, yeah, you, you can both so, answer but not like so, at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't you buzz can both in. answer.
2: <laughs> for some of them I did draw a little bit on what I know about you. Okay. I don't know you as well, Andy. I'm sorry. Right. Um, so some of them may not be as relevant to you but just you can answer whatever <laughs> you want to answer. Perfect. Okay. Chicken or duck? Duck.
1: Duck.
2: Potatoes or Sweet potatoes.
1: Potatoes. Potatoes.
2: (laughs) A hand roll or an inside out roll?
1: Hand roll. roll. You guys are...
2: (laughs) Burgers and wings.
1: Burgers. That's a tough one for me. I think I have to go wings since I went duck earlier.
2: (laughs) Fishing or foraging? Foraging. Fishing. Nice. Skate park or golf course?
3: (laughs) Oh... (laughs)
1: No, I'm too old to skate. Skate park is like our dream, and our dream was skate park, but now we're on the golf course. Yeah. but we do both. So, yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to go to the skate park, or the golf course. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And for both of you, olive oil or butter?
1: Butter, butter.
2: Ah, agree. Like agreement on that one. <laughs> All right. Thank you both so much for coming in.
1: Yeah, thank for, you for having for us. us. It's been for
0: a, a pleasure. Us.
2: This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times.
0: Our theme music was composed by Patrick Christians, and Natalie Yar edits the podcast.
2: The Corner Table drops every other week. Sometimes we do mini-episodes, like the Valentine's Day-themed one last week with the pastry chef, Elizabeth Dahl. Mm -hmm. Subscribe to The Corner Table wherever you get your podcasts to hear the latest episodes as soon as they're released.
0: And leave us a review while you're there. You can also follow us on Facebook and check out CapTimes.com for more food and drink news.
2: Our recent Let's Eat column with Sarah Probst revisits Madison Institution Mickey's Dairy Bar.
0: If you like the corner table, which you probably do if you're this far in, you should check out another Cap Times podcast, The Mad Splainers, which featured Lindsay on a recent episode detailing her Cap Times cover story about why Kickapoo Coffee's name change matters.
2: I'm Lindsay Christians. And I'm Chris Lay. And our wish for you this week is homemade cheesecake. Cheers!
0: Cheers.